Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. 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 Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, in which my co-host Mark Blankenship and I, Sarah D. Bunting, talk about songs. This is episode 96, and we will be addressing a listener request in our um, parallel ongoing quest to do like every song with someone's name in it. <laughs> We're coming for you, Beth. Um, anyway, uh, Mark, please tell us who requested this song and what we're listening to and discussing today. All right. This request comes from our listener, Elisa. And Elisa asked us to talk about Paul Simon's You Can Call Me Al. I don't know if it's because Alisa spells her name A-L-I-S-A and therefore could have been called Al in her own life. That's going to be up for her to let us know. Hey! But either way, we are going to be discussing Paul Simon's You Can Call Me Al from his 80s uh, blockbuster mega-hit album, Graceland. A man walks down the street, he says, why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle of rest of my life is so hard i need a photo opportunity i want a shot of redemption don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard bone digger bone digger dogs in the moonlight far away my well-lit door mr beer belly beer belly get these mutts away from me you know i don't find this stuff amusing anymore if you be my bodyguard i can be alone Oh man, I love this song. Um, I still love this whole album. This isn't even my favorite song on this album. I think uh, I Know What I Know is my favorite. Uh, Ooh, but, interesting choice. I like it. But I still adore this song. Um, this is kind of like... You know, sometimes we talk about songs and we're like, oh, my God, like there's just way too much going on and they needed to take one thing off. Um, this, the exception does not disprove the rule, but this is an exception. Like cool shit just keeps he just keeps piling shit on. Like <laughs> it starts with the tangy synth, and then that bass line, which is fucking ridiculous and all over the place throughout the whole song. And then here come some horns. And then there's this piccolo that's like freaking the fuck out after drinking four Red Bulls. And then you have these evocative lyrics like the Mr. Beer Belly, Beer Belly, get these mutts away from me. Like I can picture exactly what is happening and where. I can draw you a picture of where they are. Roly poly little bat faced girl. Like wh what? But also. Yeah. Uh -huh. but and, yet, and yet I do know exactly what you mean. Yes. Like this. I mean, and I started listening to um, some more Paul Simon after this. Like I had the um, Negotiations and Love Songs uh, mm. album just like pulled up on iTunes. And um, I was listening to some of my other favorite songs of his, which don't all follow this rule in terms of uh, in terms of the build. But uh, after this, I got a wild hair to listen to late in the evening. And it's a very similar thing like things just keep coming in 
and they all work extremely well together, but there's also this, um, this feeling of listening, of hearing them individually, uh, and it works on both levels. And then the, the lyrics are very, I mean, late in the evening is like pretty straightforward and not that, not that complicated of, of a sketch. It's like being in a band is cool. I smoked pot and then I fucking killed it on stage. What did you do last night? Like, all right, Paul Simon, I see you. But uh, yeah, this song is really, this song is great and I don't get sick of it. Like, and it really was everywhere and it was all over MTV and anyone who is named Alexander or Allison is probably fucking done with it. And I get it because we've discussed this vis-a-vis Starship, but this is a really good song and it really makes me appreciate how smart Paul Simon is about um, what a song can take and what a song needs and how much he can fit into the container and then putting exactly enough in. He's really a chef. Mwah. Mark. That sound I think is uh, the perfect sound for this song. I, I love the Graceland album also. I think that my favorite song is probably Graceland, the song Graceland. I just find the lyrics to that song just so beautiful. And uh, the fact that he says, my traveling companion is nine years old. He is the child of my first marriage. And I have reason to believe we both will be received in Graceland. I like, know. Oh, I, God. And that feeling that he gets done in one phrase that Elvis is like America's secular saint or Holy ghost. Yes. And that there is a holiness to the, that it is like a sacred hallowed ground. And having been there on a cloudy day in March, actually it, I would agree. Yeah. But then, you know, I'm also living for Linda Ronstadt's backing vocals on under African skies, like, umbe, umbe, oh. like, yeah. Point being this whole album is great, but this song is rightfully the bearer of the flag when this song enters into the opening ceremonies of the pop music olympics it is uh so much fun like you said it is full but never it's full and heavy with content but never topples over i mean you could almost build an entire hit song just on the and i guarantee you now that i'm thinking about it that somebody has tried to get the rights to sample that in a rap song, and he said no, because you yeah. could build a whole song off of that riff. In fact, oh my God, Sarah, there was a dance club in Atlanta called Backstreet. It was a gay club, and I can remember dancing at that club when I was in college, and at one point, the DJ just kept playing that loop over and over and over again, and sort of that riff, I mean, and building it into this, like, elaborate thing he was doing and i got so yeah, excited. yeah and then I... like the, the sort of harmony line that comes in with the brass on top like it just keeps getting more and more like there's definitely uh like there's plot in the in the melody there's plot in the music part yeah that's a really cool. that's true the song actually does grow and change um another thing that i love about the song is that it doesn't feel like it could have been written by anybody else the idiosyncrasy of the lyrics and of the musical phrasing is so distinct to paul simon i mean it's the odd off-kilter word choices and observations the fusing of a lot of different types of sounds of music a lot of different cultural 
world music sounds like nobody else is, has could have made this song in this way and i just love how it doesn't feel like it could belong to anybody else because it makes you feel like that you're having a conversation with paul simon i think yeah i agree or it gives you a it gives you a sense of what it would be like to have a conversation with paul simon yes and you know also talking about the the cultural things like paul simon went to south africa and got to know the group ladysmith black mambazo who sings backing vocals on this song and also on a lot of the graceland songs and really took a lot of influence from the time he spent there and then unlike i guess other people in the world who have uh, been influenced by other cultures particularly african cultures or black culture in making their music paul simon i feel like really went out of his way to include and promote and support the artists whose work inspired him to make this record much in the way that he took the line bridge over troubled water from a song he heard by a famous blues singer and then later gave the guy who sang that line a big old check of royalties from the song bridge over troubled water so i just feel like paul simon is also someone who has always laid out a very clear path about how to acknowledge your influences as an artist and i think as uh, an artist myself in a lot of ways he who liked influenced... edie Burkell and the new bohemians so much he married the lead singer yeah exactly that I just support also th- motherfuckers <laughs> but you know just as an as someone who like you know i write things constantly and i'm constantly like uh other people's phrasing and other people's jokes and things they influence what i do and it's just kind of nice to have someone like paul simon be out there to remind you like right it's totally cool to be influenced because you can't help but be influenced if you're a creative person but you know just own it acknowledge it like uh just celebrate the the all of the elements that have influenced you and i just love that about him and of course that also carried over into the next album that he released rhythm of the saints although i have never connected with that one as much but uh anyway i'm rambling a bit but the, the, the just paul simon in general this album graceland and this song in particular generates so much goodwill in me that i just get happy talking about it yeah me too i don't think there's a weak song on there um no and they diamonds on the soles of her shoes so good oh so good i love that song too uh and they get stuck in your head but in a good way um so it seems like it might be a good time to talk about today's playlist oh yes can you tell us a little bit more about that Yes, so our listener, Yena, who is a Patreon patron, uh, as part of her reward level at Patreon, gets to, from time to time, suggest playlists, which are themed lists of songs, and Yena herself came up with the theme for this playlist, and that is our top three earworms, the song snippets that we cannot get out of our heads. And Yena said it doesn't need to be a song that you like, it can be a song that you dislike, but it's really just about the stickiness of those little bits of song. So I thought that was a pretty great idea for a playlist. And Sarah, uh, why don't you kick it off and tell us what was your number three? Um, my number three and my number two both appeared on the Born on the Fourth of July soundtrack album. Um, that fugnificent bastard. Um, number three. <laughs> there's just something so fucking annoying about this song. Uh, and... Also, it's just kind of rude. Like, if you know anything about Venus, as she's generally portrayed in mythology and world literature, you know that Frankie Avalon should maybe be a little politer in how he addresses her. But no, (laughs) here's what we get. (laughs) 
Venus is trying to sleep, young man. Settle down. <laughs> so that is my number three. And there is just something about the, like, the, ooh, ooh, and, ugh. On the plus side, you can fill in the lyrics. So, um, like, if a little cat is acting up, Mabel, if you will, please find and take a massive chill pill or whatever it is. Um, but it will be stuck in my head for two days except that the next two are going to ratchet it out with a quickness. Unfortunately, Mark, what is your number three? Okay, number three, and I am not just saying this because it is a current song, one that we talked about quite recently. It is truly has been for a year in my head in a way that very few songs ever are, and that is that goddamn song from The Greatest Showman, This Is Me. I... I cannot stop with the song. It's just always there. Look out, because here I come. I, I'm, I'm terrified, actually, that in talking to you about it now, it's going to get back in my head, and it almost certainly will. I That song has beaten me down to a pulp. I am exhausted <laughs> by it. I, I raise a white flag. Please, God, please just make it stop. Uh, but I guess congratulations, composers. You, you've wrote a song that I remember. Okay. Hmm. What's your number two? <laughs> oh, the Shirelles. Soldier Boy. <laughs> this is so bad that the whole fucking family will be infected by it. And we used to like basically um, boy roll each other. Like one time I was like, it had been like two days. And my mother's like, if you don't stop humming it, I'm going to kill you. And so I'm like on the porch trying to enjoy a summer reading book. She whips open the front door, screams the lyric, soldier boy, and then slams it again. (laughs) At which time I buried (laughs) the phrase soldier boy on her shopping list. So it was like half and half, celery, cream of mushroom soup, soldier boy, cans of tuna. Oh my God, she was so mad. She like called me at a friend's house to, (laughs) to sing it back to me. And even my dad, who was usually immune to this stuff, was not immune he's like raking leaves like i'm like oh no no um this is a well-established uh loathe of mine i wrote up both of these songs uh in a piece on tomato nation and we will link to that in the show notes but oh my god soldier boy um I love you the I love the family back. battle that emerged around that song though it still it goes on to this day occasionally and um if my brother is listening to this, uh, I will be killed, and then he will uh, leave it as my outgoing voicemail message. Uh, it's bad. It's really bad. What is your number two? All right. So, uh, you know, my number one, which, of course, we'll get to in a second, was really easy to choose, and we'll I'll explain why in a moment. But for my number two song, I wanted to – I felt like there were so many of these that exist, but I felt like, okay – What's really going to count as uh, something that gets stuck in my head all the time and in a way that feels unique? Like, you know, because lots of songs get stuck in your head. But what you just said, for instance, about Soldier Boy, like that's kind of a cool like, – that's a, that's a reason to remember it as an all-time earworm for yourself. And then I finally realized, yes, this is what happens to me every time that I am going to a wedding Oh no! at this point. And every time I am at a wedding, I almost always hear this. But at this point, the thought of weddings at all makes me think, not unhappily, of the little snippet of Walking on Sunshine 
where she goes, I feel alive, I feel alive, I feel a love that's really real. I feel alive, I feel alive, I feel a love that's really real. Like, I, because I have enjoyed dancing to that song so many times at so many weddings, and that part of that song is my favorite part of that song. So, clearly, the, like, honest to God, I have now a Pavlovian response where when I think about a wedding, I think about and imagine myself dancing to that. And then I end up singing that song, sort of bouncing around myself for the rest of the day. So, cool. Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, you are my number two earworm. But in a good okay. way. All right. My number one uh, inspired the name of my car. Uh, I drive a smart car. It is my second smart car. Uh, the first smart car was uh, red. So because it was tiny and red with some uh, silver on it. She was named Campbell because she was the size and color of a can of Campbell's tomato soup, basically. The current car, I was like, oh, should I call it vanilla bean? And I was like, what are things that are small and white? Small <laughs> and white, oh. clear and bright. This song's coming to kill you. <laughs> you will kill me for bringing it up. I'm really sorry about Edelweiss, but here we all are. Um, How yeah. long do you think that song has been in Christopher Plummer's head? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, but I feel like this is a this is a um, this is a contagious one. That like this is a known earwig like in the culture. I feel like everybody yeah. knows this one. And I am um, sorry, but like the minute I heard the topic of this playlist, I was like, there are a million of these. And I also tend to get masked ass topic songs stuck in my head. Like I've had, um, I've had uh, da, 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 the um, episode 93, which the was. Sign? Yes. Yeah. It's been in my head. Um, for weeks now, um, especially because we rewrote it to be like about anything in your life. Like, look at the window. There's a little smudge there on it, and I'm mad. So I will get some Windex to clean it. I I mean, and then this started happening to our listeners on Twitter. So it's like, yeah, which was I amazing on Twitter, and there was another tweet. Oh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, but um, so this happens a lot, but I just was like, all right, what are the first three that I think of? Absolutely. And it was these three and Edelweiss, like I like the Sound of Music songs and I actually don't hate this song and Christopher Plummer, even though he's a Nazi, looks very foxy while he's singing it. No, he sure does. But oh my God, like, and I did this to myself, but it's going to be a week and a half of this. Happy birthday to me. Uh, Mark, what is your number one? Well, before I get to that, ha have you ever seen on Amazon the show The Man in the High Castle? Yes. And that yeah, it's really the opening a theme. I have to lunge at the because they <laughs> pop up a box that's like, skip the intro. It's like, God, yes. But I almost because never. And that rendition of it is super annoying. Am I wrong? She's so breathy. She, you, Edelweiss. Edelweiss. Oh, and it's like, you okay, we get it. You're actually German. To me, yeah. Okay, Seriously. settle down. Girl, like, we know you're Teutonic, girl. Congratu congratulations, Machen. <laughs> I know. Oh, Yavol okay. Helga. All right, 
my let's, number let's move one on, please this is a really weird and yet true thing about me it's this okay i'm gonna tell this story i honestly feel like that we might lose some listeners <laughs> there might be some people who are like i don't want to hear from you anymore <laughs> but there is a little i think that we all know that we all in our lives have little nonsense songs there is a nonsense song that i sing all the time like if if andrew were ever on this podcast he could confirm me that i sing this all the time and it's to the tune of a little portion of you've got a friend <laughs> but instead of winter spring summer or fall let's sing the fall <laughs> okay oh, no. okay i sing i sing the following and i don't know why <laughs> You can take a dump on my face. You can take a dump on my face. You just take it right on my face. I don't know why I sing that all the time. I sing it all the time. You can take a dump on my face. I mean... I don't look, know why. I don't actually want that in your marriage. But I don't want that to happen. <laughs> That's the thing. I actually don't want it to happen. I'm not interested in that. I don't want it to happen either. And, and now, if that's what y'all are into, I am gonna God sing bless it that way. you. But if seriously, if that's what you like in your life, in your life, in your bedroom time or wherever, God bless you. But that's not what I'm into. I don't know why I sing it all the time. It's Sarah. It happens all the time. <laughs> that's absolutely not where i thought we were going to end up <laughs> right on my face oh my god i can't believe i talked about that oh my god i'm blushing i'm legitimately blushing <laughs> oh my god uh is this where i play a little snippet of the it's log theme because <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus oh jeez well yana not Girl, to you might be your choice. Oh, <laughs> you might be. You, you Bye, might Yana. Be. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, <clears> we understand sorry. now that you have to conclude it and can no longer listen to this podcast. But uh, oh, God. that was fun. And listeners, well, if you would like, um, if you would like Sarah and I to construct and discuss a playlist, you can get in touch with us by emailing us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, and we can give you information about how to do that, or you can go to patreon.com slash mastus to learn about the donation level that will get you into playlist territory as well. But uh, now, I, I, Sarah, I think we should, uh, <laughs> now that I've desecrated Carly Simon and James Taylor in one, I mean, Carol King and James Taylor in one fell swoop, Let's take it back for a moment to uh, to Paul Simon. And, yeah, speaking uh, of things Al. that are small and white. <laughs> um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about regarding You Can Call Me Al is the Chevy Chase starring video. Oh, yeah. Which is possibly the most enjoyable, least assholey thing that Chevy Chase has ever been involved in. I just want to put that out there. Um, I don't. I don't think that uh, it's possible to argue otherwise. I mean, what are other... Because if Chevy Chase is in it, it's assholic in some way. Yeah, like un- unavoidably, yes. But would... I mean, what would even be like a contender for the top three? Like this? Um, I guess the original National Lampoon, except he's still kind of a douche in that. Maybe that movie Foul Play that he did with Goldie Hawn. 
That movie's kind of cute. Yeah, he was at least like pretty, you know, fuckable in that. Like, I always forget that he was tall and kind of cute, he and w- I do like a dimpled chin. He's he Irish was, looking. I like that. He was bonable in his day, but uh, yes. that day is. And then is we now... d- then we started learning about his personality, and it it all trickled away. Yep. <laughs> and we wanted to take a dump on his face. Uh, <laughs> right on his face that video i remember just being like so this is all that's gonna happen it's i mean it's a bold move bold move yes from paul simon to just be like and so also chevy chase will be doing this like which makes sense like they were i i always forget until i like reread the snl oral history for the gazillionth time because it's fucking awesome that paul simon was in that was like in that world heavily and, in and fact, overlapped with that world and it's like oh right sure okay but like and, you're the one that he stayed friends with that's bizarre well and I, I read in doing research for this episode that it was lauren michaels who had the idea for that video even so it's like snl bitch oh yeah holy shit wow yeah that makes total sense but yeah he's just like very charming like he's doing a little bit of chase shtick like kind of fletchy but it's not annoying. Right. Yeah. Well, and I know that this is a bit of a sidebar, but let's talk. Let's just talk for a minute about other Paul Simon songs a little bit. We might want to talk about them more fully later, but I, you mentioned that you, uh, now I've already lost it. What was the song that you went to after this? Uh, late in the evening. Oh, right, right, right. And I actually ended up, uh, after re-listening to the entire Graceland album, had a nice reunion, as it were, with Mother and Child Reunion, which I had not heard That's in That's another and good one. Oh, God, I love that song so much. Uh, me and Julio down in the schoolyard oh, is flawless. fantastic. Yes. Um, and- actually, yeah, I don't think there are any songs on there um, that on that uh, Negotiations and Love Songs album that I don't like. But um, Renee and Georgette Magritte with their dog, After the War, uh, is one of the sweetest and most like rueful and beautiful songs that I can think of. And it always like makes me a little misty because of the way that he talks about this couple that sort of in their middle age like with their dog and i don't know it's beautiful he does have he does have a way with these sketches that i just love and also with drums and horns which i love yeah and again that just takes me back to what he does in the lyrics here like like you said these they don't make sense but they also make perfect sense and to be able to put that into such a bouncy, fun song, that's that's not nothing. Yeah. And, I mean, the song is actually kind of like, uh, you know, there are a lot of things annoying him, and he's basically having to buy the friendship of this guy that he's singing to, but it's like, uh, but then it's extremely peppy and happy, and he does, you know, I feel like he does get his bodyguard in the end. But, yeah. So Paul Simon we... is really, I mean... I don't know. I always feel like someone needs to stick up for Garfunkel and his beautiful airy tenor, but mm. um, Paul Simon was the uh, boss beach in that well, the thing, pairing. It, the thing that's true is that Paul, Art Garfunkel made a lot of Paul Simon's songs even more beautiful, but Paul Simon's also capable of making his songs beautiful on his own, just in a different way. Yes, so it's true. It, yeah. Well, Sarah, this was awesome, and um, I think now I'm going to go listen to the whole Graceland album again. So thank you very much, Al, <laughs> for the for the recommendation. 
Uh, this was a great listener request. And listeners, we would also love to get your requests. You can reach us with a request at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com or you can tweet us at talksongs or hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast and we'd love to hear from you. We really would. Uh, we will not, you will not be hearing from us next week because we are both uh, traveling. So I'm going down off. under. And I'm going to Kansas because, I don't know. The Australia <laughs> Actually, of the Midwest. Actually, we are in Kansas anymore. Um, uh, yes, beautiful Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, so we will not have an episode next week, but we will be back with more songs and a very special 100th episode in <gasps> just a few weeks, during which some of the songs that we've discussed today may or may not make an appearance. It's going to be a surprise to both of us. And you. You guys, I just want to say, Sarah and I picked the theme for our 100th episode uh, a little over a week ago. And I have already, I've, I'm so excited. Like, I've already chosen and rejected several things. Like, it's so, it's the, you just, it's the greatest. I can't wait. So, episode I 100, y'all. like, yeah, there are post-it notes all over my Mastass <laughs> folder. It's going to be fun. Um, Former theme song singer and uh, friend of the podcast, Tara Ariano, is in on the act. It's going to be great. Uh, don't worry, we're not ranking 100 songs. <laughs> no, we, we did actually, it. we did think about it. <laughs> uh, and also, you, you're, as Tara, uh, Sarah said, listeners, your requests are going to factor into the episode because obviously we love so much that you join us and participate in this madness. And uh, we can't wait. Indeed. Talk to you next time. Today it was my birthday I hung one more year on the line I should be depressed My life's a mess But I'm having a good time Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com Tweet us at Talk Songs or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastass.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening. Paranoia strikes deep in the heartland, but I think it's all overdone. Exaggerate. Exaggerating that they don't have no fun. And I don't believe what I read in the papers. They're just out to capture my time. I ain't worrying and I ain't scurrying. I'm having a good time. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.